I'm gonna do something crazy during the lunar eclipse. Yeah, like, I mean, we'll have four yeah. things going on. At I'm one gonna time. conceive a child at 8:30 <laughs> in the morning on the, during the, the lunar eclipse <laughs> in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> back to Eclipse on Tap, episode three, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. I am one of the co-hosts, Matt, and as you can tell by the tenor in my voice, I currently have a mustache, and it, uh, it's keeping me warm during these, uh, these November uh, cool days here in the state of Michigan. Winter is upon us, and it kind of sucks, but uh, it's a good time to... Uh, to wear a mustache on your face, why not? Uh, I'm currently drinking a beer uh, called New Holland Extra Time, and uh, it's really good. But before I get into talking about that, I'm with my other co-host, David. How's it going? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of jealous I don't have a mustache, <laughs> but I wish I could report that I do. Um, I am uh, yeah, I'm letting the scruff grow for the November, um, but, you know... We'll see. We'll take it one day at a time. Hopefully, by the end of the month, I got a nice uh, pearly little mustache I can, you know, impress everybody with. But um, I'm drinking a shorts brew. It's called Funtina, and it's got a nice, lovely lady uh, on the actual bottle, and she's riding a... Quite the label. Yeah, it's a nice Harley there. Something looks like a little... It's like a pinup girl or something. Yeah, yeah. So she she's got a gun in one hand and um, that she's just having a good time with that uh, fun Tina. That that's fun Tina. So that's all I gotta say about that. But it's good. It's tastes good. It's nice little blonde wheat. So yeah, I think that's a new one from Shorts uh, up in Bel Air, Michigan, in northern Michigan. Yep. So the beer I'm drinking is a is a session beer. So it's like a real easy drinking one. And the sole reason I bought it was because it is kind of fishing themed, which actually David and I both share uh, that hobby as well. In addition to our like space interests, we both like fishing. So this can has a little MEPS lure. So if you're familiar with fishing at all, you know MEPS is the world's best lure. It is just the go-to lure in the tackle box. It was the sole reason I bought this beer, and it turns out that the beer tastes pretty good too. Um, but and that's good and I think that's actually an interesting point it's a tangent in this day and age with this craft beer market so saturated I feel like you have to have a good looking can or bottle that's yeah I mean that's all part of the that's all that's what lures (laughs) (laughs) pun intended that's what lures you in in. yeah yeah. no it's it's uh you kind of it you have to have something like honestly that's what separates like you said just separates everybody from the next person just have to have like a with as many especially where we live all the microbrews we have if you got some bland label yeah no one's going to be reaching for that off the shelf unless you know unless it's one of those hidden gems yeah but yeah it, for the most part you got to have it, it seems like everybody's kind of I, I think uh going out of the box a little bit with the labeling uh-huh. as we as we uh see here but yeah good stuff yeah they definitely are it's like if you're going to hit the craft beer market these days especially in our state you have to have the the intangibles and if you're not putting your effort into some cool can or bottle designs get the hell out of here get the hell out of here 
you're not gonna make it. So yeah, yeah. I, I was pumped about that. You know, I looked at the the can and I was like, I'm buying this. I didn't even look at what kind of beer it was, but I bought it anyway, and it's good. So yeah, works out in the end. Um, New Holland Brewing is uh, originally from Holland, Michigan, on the f- lakeshore west side of the state, not too far from where we are in Grand Rapids. But now they have a new spot in downtown Grand Rapids, and it's pretty pretty freaking cool. It's probably one of the biggest beer pubs I've ever say, been yeah. to. It's yeah. like a three-story thing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like a uh, it's like a big hotel for beer and whiskey. <laughs> beer, like, yeah, it yeah. literally is. Yeah, it's a good little hangout, but I mean, one of the newer spots that we have, but um, you know, there's no shortage of beer here. No That's shortage. for damn sure. But, yep. And if you yeah. if you run out of beer in Grand Rapids, you go up to Bel Air and you get your shorts brew, where yeah. you get some Fontina, and they have a lot of really eccentric beers. But Bel Air, actually, that's a good that's a good transition. Bel Air is very close to where we were both this weekend in Northern Michigan for the was it the twenty eighth or something annual Iceman yeah, Mountain Bike Race? Yeah, something like that. So uh, we were uh, among some friends and family uh, up in Northern Michigan racing a point to point mountain bike race called Iceman, and it is, I would say it's nationally recognized. Oh, yeah. People come from all over. You get pros coming from, like, Colorado and wherever the heck else they do mountain biking. So Shoot, there was a, in the uh, fat bike category, there was the guy that was, I think, first in the 39 and under age group for fat bikes. Um, He was in, from I think he was from Tucson or something like that. I saw somebody from Arizona. And you took fifth? I got a medal. I took fifth, yeah. Um, real, you know, proud moment in my life. But uh, It's a kick-ass <laughs> medal. It's freaking cool. It's a sarcasm there, but no, I, it was fun. I just, I like to go do that every once in a while. I kind of, the last few years, tend to do it every other year, but, and then it seems like every year I don't do it, it's good weather, and then it, but honestly, I can't imagine doing it in good weather. It kind of makes the... Makes kind of, the race special if you know it's just going to be totally yeah. hit or miss and rainy and all that kind of stuff. That makes it kind of fun. And then, you know, you could just, like we we rode, you know, the early waves. So you get done and you just basically drink beer. So, yeah, they've got a, who it's doesn't like that? sponsored by Bell's Brewing. Um, like a lot of cycling events in, in our state kind of goes hand in hand with yeah. craft beer. So, Finish your race at 11 a.m. and boom, there you go. There's a beer waiting for you at the end, and um, you know you're freezing cold, but you've got a nice beer with you. So yeah, so that was it. That was a great weekend. We had a yeah. good time. I uh, had my chain drop in the last 500 meters, so I started on my bike and finished on my feet. But that was all. That was all good. Yeah, got some extra cheers towards the end there for that. And um, hey, that's what it's all about. You know, just gotta. I do it for the fans. Yeah. I, yeah, I do too. I do for the fans. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's just a fun race to kind of just you know, there's no no pressure at all. Just show up, have fun, ride around for thirty miles. Yeah. You know, point to point, and it's it's just kind of cool because it's just a different different atmosphere, different crowd. You know, just and you're getting you're getting exercise most importantly. You know. Yep. Yeah. You're getting <laughs> so, you're getting yourself but, out. You're you're yeah. pedaling your bike and. Uh, and yeah, it's a little bit more laid back as far as the atmosphere goes, um, and there's like just a big, a big group of people that have a lot of fun up there. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was our weekend. Yeah. We hope that you guys all had a, a good last weekend as well. 
to kick off this November month. But um, moving on to some news here, there is actually um, kind of a neat event coming up in the world of eclipses. This uh, January, was it 31st? 2018, yep. Yep. so coming up here real soon. Yep. Visible from Grand Rapids, Michigan, so if you're in the Midwest region, you'll hopefully catch a glimpse of the total lunar eclipse. So we were lucky enough to catch a total solar eclipse this summer, catching the total lunar um, this winter. Yep. The full eclipse will begin at uh, 7.51 in the morning, so pretty early. That's but. when it's actually a total lunar eclipse. Yep, that's yep. when it begins its yep. total. Yep. yep, and then the actual maximum, like full blown effect, would be eight twenty nine a.m. Yep, at least as far as Grand Rapids, Michigan goes, where we are currently located. Yeah. Um. But pretty cool. Um. Definitely one of those things that uh, is going to be a little different. It's not going to be as stunning, I guess you could say. Yeah. But uh, you know, you can expect to see the Earth's umbra or shadow to start covering the moon at that um kind of late morning 7:50 or early morning i should say 7:51 time and then yeah. eventually that full eclipse will make the moon kind of look like a a blood red color really big cool red moon so yeah. we'll be there that's after the you know the first couple hours of the start of the lunar eclipse it, when mm -hmm. you'll actually see the effects of that right. you know the red reddish feature to Reddish it, tones, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that will definitely be something we'll be yeah. out looking at and uh, posting pictures of and getting the scope out for yeah. sure and uh, taking a peek at because, you know, why not? It's a, it's not a solar eclipse, but it's a total lunar and... Um, well, I plan on taking the day off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> to I miss mean, that would be a sin. I yeah, mean, it's, an, it's a total eclipse of some kind, so... Yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of those things that you just gotta... It's priorities. I mean, Priorities. And we don't have to go very far. We just have the proper, you know, I mean, I I think we should uh, put up some kind of, I don't know, heater or like mm -hmm. a tent outside because it's going to be damn cold. At you know, we should do. <laughs> well, we should 830, do. 8.30 in the morning on January 31st. We need to do. Okay. So hopefully, I think this winter for us in Michigan is going to be extra cold. We were talking about that this weekend. Yeah. It's going to be we're, really cold. We were thinking, yeah. We're racing this Iceman race, and it was literally... It was snowing and freezing, and it's just going to be cold winter. Hopefully, January 31st, the lakes will be frozen. Oh, yeah. We got to plow off a spot, play some ice hockey. Oh, yeah. Do some ice fishing. Yeah. And see the total lunar eclipse all at the same time. All at the same time. It's going to be a trifecta of events, and mm -hmm. it will be amazing. Just do pull an all-nighter. Might as well. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Just That would be awesome. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> that would be super yeah. cool to just, like, go... Yeah, play hockey... Through the through the night, yeah, ice fish through the night. Catch a massive pike, C <laughs> cook it up for breakfast. <laughs> cook it up for that. There's just too many th good things in a row there for me to comprehend. I, yeah, that's yeah, a, that's a little overwhelming. I mean that me. that would be cool though. Do it on a lake. I mean basically, I mean if you could see like that's what we, I, we were talking about about the solar eclipse uh -huh. about if you could actually see that like out in the middle of nowhere like on like you know whether you're on a boat in the ocean or something like that or That'd be kind of cool, but then to see like the lunar eclipse would be kind of cool, even just you know basically in our own backyard, which is Lake yeah. Michigan. Right. Just go down there, you yeah. know. Like you said, we hell we could even snowshoe. Yeah, snowshoe. I mean, it's okay. early. It's an early morning, but here we go. It's an early morning, but we get you know now it was a trifecta. Now it's four awesome things. We snowshoe to the lake, 
plow off a spot, play ice hockey, drill a hole, go catch ice fishing, catch a pike, <laughs> cook it for breakfast, and see the total lunar eclipse, and it would be that'd be phenomenal. That would be a lot of fun. And so, I, honestly, I'd even crack a beer at that point, oh, even if it is yeah. eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> hell yeah! I mean, crack some whiskey. Why not? Sometimes you just got to yolo, you know. Yeah, so you just got to yolo. But these events yeah. uh, are few and far between. And like we said, the total lunar is something, if you're expecting to see what you saw at the total solar, or uh, if you didn't see the total solar, um, it's not going to be as much of a buildup. Right? You know, you're not going to be yeah. able to see this, like, the sun kind of literally disappearing from the sky. Yeah. Um, it's, gonna, it's, it's just a different phenomenon, obviously. You, you've got, um, you know, the Earth is, the Earth's shadow is now covering the moon, rather than the moon kind of blocking out the sun yeah so it's just a little bit of a different uh different um system there but still pretty cool yeah yeah i mean we heard about a lot of a lot of people doing some you know possibly some some crazy stuff during the solar eclipse this summer like you know conceiving children (laughs) this that the other but you wonder if there's anybody that's actually i mean hopefully everybody listening um is, is excited as we are about lunar eclipses and just in general just viewing anything you can as far as the you know astronomy goes or anything like that so yeah i think if you if you're you wonder how many people out there are that excited and know about it that are gonna be like all right we're gonna i'm gonna do something crazy during the lunar eclipse yeah like, i mean we'll have four yeah. things going on at i'm gonna time. conceive a child at 8 30 <laughs> in the morning on the, during the, the lunar eclipse in the snow <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's one of those things. It's definitely not anything to be. I mean, it's still a, a a celestial event that is few, like we said, few and far between. This isn't something that you see every day. Yeah. So, you see a lot of like on occasion you get a partial lunar eclipse where you get a little bit of that red color hitting the moon. But this is going to be yeah. a full blown total, and we need to take advantage of it given that it is crossing our path. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, kind of just hitting some other news as far as future eclipses of any kind um february 15th 2018 for all our south american and antarctic <laughs> listeners is a partial we know you're eclipse. out there yeah you're <laughs> out there at that base in antarctica studying penguins. you might not know it yet but you're out there <laughs> yep you will be um so partial solar eclipse on february 15th that'll be about a 58 percent eclipse yeah um so you know, still pretty cool if you're in if you're able to get down to there. I mean, it's probably not something you'd want to like travel to. I would say if you're gonna travel to South America, wait till the total the yeah. following summer. But yeah, but still, if you're in the area, whatever, it's definitely something to check out. Yeah. There is a good portion of the moon blocking out the sun. All of our listeners that are just chilling out in the area <laughs> right now, you listen up, listen up. Next August. Yeah. Yeah, partial, 50%. Be there. Be there. So then in, uh, yeah, so August 11th, 2018, another partial. Uh, so we get two partials in the year 2018. Uh, I think that one was also a similar 50-ish percent eclipse. Yeah. And that one was visible from a little bit more uh, populated areas. The yeah. northeast section of Europe, northwest Asia, and northeastern um, sectors of North America. So uh, all you folks in northern, northeastern Canada, eh, um, can e? check it out. Um, another partial. 
But then, like we've said in episode uh, two, when we were really geeking about the next total solar eclipse, that's on July 2nd, 2019. Yep. That one goes through South America again and Patagonia. And we still have every intent to be there. Uh, Absolutely. It's the That's the one that you travel for. Yeah. So uh, you heard yeah. it here first. Don't travel for a partial. Travel for a total. Uh, trust us. We've seen one. <laughs> it's yeah. freaking cool. Um, yeah. So we're going to be doing that uh, if all things go well. And... Um, and that that's going to be about it for news as far as things go with the the future eclipses here with partials, uh, whether they're solar or lunar. Um, but we're really excited for this total lunar. You know, um, I w- honestly, if there, I mean, I know that probably about uh, about six years ago, I was in college, and then we had a lunar eclipse, mm-hmm. um, and I I could see it in Indianapolis. I'm sure it was visible in all the Midwest, but. Um, that'd be fun to do like a lunar eclipse, like party, mm-hmm. you know, like a do, do a full on like brewery party, lunar eclipse going on. I mean, I'm, that's just, just that me, would, that's just me brainstorming just off the cuff. That would be pretty cool. That would be do real like cool. A, but 830 in the morning, that'd be a long party. I just looked it up here. January. Party. So January 31st is what day of the week? Not saying I haven't party till 830 in the morning, but. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we It'll all be have. be a long one. <laughs> we all have, for sure. Yeah. So I'm looking at the calendar here. January 31st is a Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday so, morning. Right. You might, need to, you, might, you might need to take Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday off. <laughs> just, <laughs> just take the whole week yeah, off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> use your vaca- vacation days immediately in the 2018 yeah. year. Uh, it'll be cool. I mean, well why spent. Not? I think watching it on... Yeah a lake like what we said for the total solar would have been amazing on a fluid lake but even on like an ice covered lake where you just have that yeah. open kind of like white horizon yeah. and then you got the the red moon that yeah. that's going to be really cool do do we have like i don't know like if there's any information out there as far as like what it actually if if you were on the moon during a lunar eclipse um would it just you know as far as like the reflection of the earth shadow like what it wonder what it it looks red to us yeah so or like a reddish tone but what what actually does it feel like on the moon i wonder like so it look the, like the yeah. earth's shadow is covering the moon right yeah so i wonder if it's just if it's kind of like a reddish hazy complexion or if it's actually full-on dark or what you know cause well yeah because it would be fully some, if you're if you're on the moon yeah in the the reason that the Earth's shadow is completely eclipsing the moon is that yeah. it's perfectly blocking out the sun. Yeah. So if you're on the moon and you're looking at the sun on January 31st, you wouldn't. It'd be like a solar yeah. eclipse almost. Yeah. But the moon instead of, or sorry, the Earth instead of the moon. Yeah. For the solar. So. So if it, you're on the moon on January 31st, you got a solar <laughs> eclipse. <laughs> you got a, you got a hell of a show. That would be. But sweet. I just wonder, like, if you, if you know, say. You and I are standing on the moon during this the lunar eclipse. Right. What you know? What does it What does it look like? You know, as far as like the horizon is, is it kind of a red? You know, I think it would be like a red. Yeah, yeah, it would be be like uh, that'd be be crazy. That'd be crazy. It might be a similar phenomenon to the solar eclipse where you got that three hundred sixty degree horizon. It would be weird though. It would be. That would be so cool to have like if we had a camera on the moon to actually get a shot of that. Yeah. Yeah. An actual, like that's three hundred sixty degree camera. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get it? You know, that's 
we could, you know, go ahead and just shoot up a GoPro and Why see not? what happens. But let's yeah. see if we can get GoPro to sponsor the podcast and get that started. Yeah. Which actually is interesting. Weak. We were talking earlier about this uh, last week when we were kind of planning for this podcast. We're chit chatting about some of the other kind of the news that's come out uh, lately. One thing that actually happened towards the end of September, but something we uh, didn't talk about in October for the podcast because we had our guest, Race Chaser Dad. Um, we wanted to chit chat about it this time. It was um, the 68th International Astronautical Congress meeting in South Australia, in Adelaide. Interesting yep. news from this conference. Elon Musk, uh, the you know tech billionaire, yeah, owner of Tesla, owner of SpaceX. Yeah, lots of cool commercial uh, space flight ideas coming from the from the mind of Elon Musk, but yeah, something interesting from this. He was talking a lot about Mars, of course, uh, and he's talking about potentially even starting to construct some sort of base on Mars by 2022, which is well overdue. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You think about, you know. That's well, yeah. yeah. I mean, for as long as it's been since we've yeah. had uh, any sort, well, we've had you know the rovers on Mars, but and that's great for exploration. But as far as actually, like hinting towards men on Mars or women, yeah. um, it's it seems a little stagnant. So yeah. he's kicking this off. This uh, IAC meeting uh, was actually the biggest attendance in history. Um, 4,470 delegates from 71 nations. Wow. Plus 700 school children. Wow. So pretty huge. Um, Man. They were all there in Adelaide. And what was kind of interesting is Elon, if you watch this presentation, he's talking about Mars. He's talking about all the things that they've been doing and everything. And all of a sudden he kind of takes a pause and he's like, but one thing we forget about is our moon. And why the hell, he literally says that, why the hell don't we have something going on the moon which is and why that's why i like the guy yeah he's, you know he's he's a genius he's straightforward he just t- says it like it is and he follows through you yeah. know yeah the, why is it know, that the last time we like, had men on the moon was you yeah. know apollo 17 so yeah it's one of those things that uh you know he's taking that question seriously and actually yeah. doing something about it so he's talking now uh he had some renderings posted in his presentation about a lunar base, which looks really cool. Yeah. Um, to be able to kind of like have like an actual permanent thing there, rather than just these missions where we explore and we tank a rover around and we plant a flag, but we actually have something there. Yeah. Um, which I think you kind of have to. You have to do like I. I mean, I I understand the the whole idea of just you know well we've been to the moon why go back why not just go straight to Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, but which is a, a lot of what Orion is focusing on NASA and or, you know the whole Orion project that they're kind of focused, which is 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 fine. But I think you know that's a long trip. It There's is. a lot of things that can go wrong. Why would you not test all the systems? Like you know, if you're if you're really serious about going to Mars, test all the systems on the moon. Mm-hmm. Someplace we've been. Yes, okay, it's old news. We've been there. Not to me, it's old news. It's mm-hmm. not old news to me. But right. I think it would be, you know, to have you know somebody land on the moon in my lifetime would be you know mind blowing. It'd be awesome. Yeah. But uh, even to give yeah. like your pilots and stuff, yeah. your like module pilots like experience. Yeah. I mean, with with in this day and age. 
with the technology we have to yeah. be able to send men to the moon, send a lunar module down in kind of like practice for Mars, yeah. get them experience with it and everything. I don't see why it's you a, wouldn't. It's, do a, it. it's like the the closest little satellite we can use to actually basically do a you know a test a, run. A, a, yeah, almost. like a test run yeah. or like a you know a mock up mm-hmm. of what our base would be yeah. on Mars or something like that. So I I think it's a great great thing, but yeah, it, it would be I don't know. It's almost hard to believe it would actually happen. I don't know, just based on... Yeah. It, 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 I think he will do it. I think it'll, ha- it'll happen, but it'll just, it's one of those things, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, wow, that'd be crazy. I'd, I'd never thought that I'd see that in my lifetime, but... Yeah, if you you're know. figuring he's talking about starting to do some sort of, like, yeah. base building in 2000, or, like, early 2020s, yeah. like, how is he going to fit this moon, lunar stuff in? Yeah. And his rendering looks, you know, kind of literally, like, futuristic, out-of-this-world stuff, yeah. but... It, you never know. Like they, you know, SpaceX is doing big things with their, their, uh, their rockets that can, you know, reuse their boosters and reland themselves Which and everything. Totally crazy, crazy. mind blowing, but totally. And I, they're they're even talking. Um, it, I think it's it's coming up where they're actually going to fly. It's like a commercial flight to mm-hmm. the moon. Yeah. And oh, that that was another thing yeah, he touched but, on. Um, and that's that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's like next fall, isn't it? Yeah. 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 He, th- th- this was there. There was a reason why this was the yeah. most attended IAC, um, you know, conference. This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, his presentation alone, it was called "Making Humans a Multiplanetary Species." And like you were saying, why not use the moon as some sort of kind of a test run? It is. A celestial body, and yes, it has a different atmosphere than Mars, and yes, it's there's so many different factors. The distance is extremely different, but why not utilize it? It's not just you know, it can't just be thrown aside. So, so he hit that, um, and it, it's pretty incredible what that guy can do. You know, working yeah. on so many different facets of the world, the technology world, um, including space exploration, and um, you know. The future of automobiles. Yeah. Pretty cool. So that was kind of new in the news world. If you haven't checked out his presentation, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, if you were, if you just go to Google and search Elon Musk, you know, international astronautical um, congress meeting or something like that, it, it will it will surely come up. Um, worthy of uh, of a watch for sure. The last yeah. bit of news that we have is actually bringing it back home local. So if we have anyone in the uh, kind of the, the Michigan side of things listening, this Saturday, November 11th, How to Pick the Right Telescope for Christmas, hosted by the Grand Rapids Amateur Astronomical Association. And that's going to be hosted here in Grand Rapids at Schuler's Books, right here on 28th Street. So um, we'll, we'll both probably yeah, be going. I'll be there. Um, I'll be there. So it says the details are... Um, Greg uh, Comagus and friends will present tips on how to select a telescope based on cost, experience, and preferred features to provide a satisfying astronomy experience. This event is free and open to the public. All Grand Rapids Astro- uh, Astronomy Association members and their guests are welcome. So pretty cool that you know they do a lot of their, a lot of these events are hosted at Schuler's, um, yeah, which is essentially kind of like a Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Or a Borders books, but um, they've got a nice cafe there and a nice little spot to share some information about space. So, if you're in the area, um, 
this is a perfect opportunity to get your kids into something um, something space-related, how to pick the right telescope for Christmas. I mean, yeah, could it get any better? No, I, so. and honestly, we, we actually, I think, I'm pretty sure we have the full solar eclipse crew going on saturday yeah i'm pretty sure we have john my dad and myself and yep. you, yourself there. i'll be gone so, yeah, yep. we'll, we'll be all the reunion heading on over it'll be like a reunion um and we'll yeah we'll check it out we'll report on it maybe you know next month we'll tell you what it was all about um and, and obviously you know it'd be perfect because we'll be headed right up to christmas but yeah exactly and i think yep. it's it's just the right time i mean the, another yep. post here i'll just i'll just read it straight from the the Grand Rapids Amateur uh, Astronomical Association uh, website it says this uh, this event is coming up fast. Obviously, it's a Saturday. Do you, a family mem- member, or a friend, have a budding interest in amateur amateur astronomy? So that's exactly what we're talking about yeah. with this podcast. It's like if yeah. you're if you're in Michigan, like come on out. I I don't know. You know, we don't have a lot of listeners right now, but if you're listening, come on out. Yeah. Do you want to encourage that interest, but do not know how or do not know where to begin? This seminar will include timely advice for the holiday season that is also applicable to any time of the year. Participants will learn about different telescope options, will be able to examine and manipulate several types of starter telescopes, just right there at the store, uh, and will be uh, made aware of factors for a satisfactory purchase, such as cost and experience level, as previously mentioned. Yep. So it says even those with telescopes already... Um, Kind of in their uh, uh, in their inventory of, of uh, space amateur space stuff, definitely something you want to attend. So we'll we'll be there. A pretty cool event. Um, this is the kind of stuff that we we like to we'd like to promote in the future. Yeah. If this yeah. podcast continues to grow, uh, which we hope it does. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll continue to promote this type of activity because it's exactly what we believe in. I mean you know bring your bring your young kid out there and buy him a telescope or her a telescope for christmas and all of a sudden you got somebody in space the interest. yeah yeah i mean that's what it's all about yeah spark the interest and get them out there get them looking up at, at the sky and you know learning to uh kind of appreciate you know what's up there and just really the i guess the awe-inspiring you know infinity that is space and all that yeah. kind of stuff that that's what dropped you know drew me to it and all that so um yep i think that's that's what it's all about it doesn't have to be anything fancy but just get your kid out there and 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 look up and you know get something and just go with it and spark the interest when they're young because that like i said that's that's when uh you know most kids will pick it up and uh that's that, i think that's the age that you want to you want to go ahead and carry that on so yeah it's that initial spark yeah that um it's like anything else in life really i mean yeah you know you play football or you play hockey or whatever you spark that interest when they're young you know and so mm-hmm. get the family out there i mean not even not even you know honestly it could be anybody really yeah it doesn't necessarily um, have to know, be a young so, person it's, yeah. it's anybody and it's not to say that you know obviously we're, we're hosting this podcast from western michigan and this is a extremely local bit of news but yeah go ahead and just like i don't know maybe google your own city for a amateur astronomy association yeah. i'm sure that many of the big cities around uh, we're not even a big city we're a probably medium-sized city and we've yeah. got this kind of stuff going on yeah. so it's pretty cool um definitely check it out we figured we'd mention it just to kind of uh 
support that type of uh, that type of activity because it's really yeah. it's a really good thing. Yeah. But uh, that about does it for the news, and I think that is a perfect spot for a break. So we'll be back with you in just a few minutes uh, with a with a new beer for sure, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yep. back from our break uh, a couple new beers on tap this time i'm i'm now we just switched it up pretty much we I'm basically drink- eclipsed beers <laughs> yeah i'm drinking the shorts brew fontina which i i agree with you david it, it is um quite good it's yeah. refreshing surprisingly actually given that it is a it's a wheat ale but it's brewed with coriander orange and lemon zest so you'd think it'd almost be a little bit spicy or something with the coin, yeah. you know, but it's yeah. not. It's good. It uh, has a good balance of. Um, I didn't read too much into it, but yeah. just looked at the label. Just got yeah. That's what I'm talking it, about. It was the label that sold me. I, you know, I'm it's a sucker for the label, but the labor label that lures you in. Yeah, I mean, this is this is good too. I like this one. Yeah, that, that the one New Holland. Good. Yeah, extra time, but it it's good. It's, it's got like a little bit of a sweet taste to mm-hmm. it, and uh, but you know, yeah, I like it because it's not as. Yeah. Um, a lot of the session ales are essentially like little, like a mini version of an IPA. Like it's yeah. really hoppy still, but it's just lower on the ABV. That one's not so much. It tastes more like a not mo- not very hoppy. No, no, no. It tastes more like a yeah. um, almost more like a Miller or something. Yeah, or a Coors or almost yeah. Like, yeah, almost kind of has that yeah taste to it. More but, traditional yeah. flavor. Yeah. So uh, we're back and enjoying ourselves another couple of beers, um, right. but. Kind of picking up right where we left off, uh, we hit some interesting news facts, but we wanted to talk a little bit more about that um, International Astronautical Congress meeting in Adelaide in late September of this year. So it really was interesting to see uh, Elon Musk's transition from being so Mars-focused mm-hmm. to actually revealing some stuff about potentially bringing um, some emphasis back to the moon. That actually may be a little bit political, um, just given that I, th- I think it might, didn't Mike Pence make an announcement, I believe, about sending men to the moon as yeah. a priority of this uh, current political uh, kind of regime's like priority for space, yeah. uh, which is better than nothing. You yeah. know, let's get yeah. let's get uh, people out to somewhere. Yeah. So um, I, that that transition uh, that focus isn't pulled away from Mars, I don't think, by any means, for Elon Musk or for SpaceX. But I think that that there is some kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, maybe, about getting men back to the moon. Yeah, I I think um, even just my, you know, experience with the Orion uh, and and NASA uh, program, Mm -hmm. um, that's very much an international effort to get people, you know, to Mars and stuff right. like that. And I think that's what it's going to end up being. Just as a side note, you know, I think it's not going to be so much USA, USA all the way. It's going to be very much an international thing if we, you know, as, if we do it as NASA, if we do it as a, you know, basically a commercial, you know, type yeah, know, or exploration even, type thing like, you know, SpaceX or like, the, you know, there's a few other, Mars One is mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. Um it's, it's going to be more of a private type uh-huh. type endeavor but i think it's i think it's international i think you know it has to be just it's it costs so 
much to get there. It's going to, yeah. you know, especially with the technology we have uh, today, it's going to be pretty expensive. But yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it is interesting too. I'm, I'm just even uh, seeing here from some of the kind of the, the cliff notes, if you will, from the, the IAC meeting in Adelaide. Um, when, when Elon Musk from SpaceX brought up the fact about um, what he's calling as Moonbase Alpha, um, he mentioned that there are numerous space agencies, including Russia, China, and the ESA, European Space Agency, yeah. that are interested in missions to the moon. It's not like the moon is just being thrown aside, like we said earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also a, a, a number of other companies in the private sector, too. So you have this kind of multifaceted approach right now where you have Mars on the on the big horizon and moon on kind of maybe the more tangible horizon, at least at this point in time. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, it is interesting, and, and I think people at this meeting maybe thought that, you know, there's this heavy push towards Mars, and then all of a sudden he's talking about the moon. Is he given up on it? But he was very quick to, to remind everyone that, no, that, you know, the priority is still to actually, what the title of his talk was, Make Humans a Multiplanetary Species. And he talked about the fact that you really can't do that on the moon. It's just yeah. too small. It really is. Like, it's just too small to actually fully inhabit as far as people living there. You can yeah. have a base there, maybe. But um, to actually explore a new frontier, maybe Mars is the is the next best spot. So yeah, um, an interesting an interesting uh, little transition as far as kind of some of the um, the trends in space news. I think I think uh, I think part of that has to do, you know, something that's been in the back of my head for quite a while, and you know everyone's talking about you know why you know why go back to the moon? Why go you know why not go straight to Mars? I'm like. You know, I think you spend an, so much time in low Earth orbit, and you're, you know, and it's it's been unbelievable what we've done with the space station and all that. But I think people start to think about all the little tiny things that can go wrong on the way to Mars and on on the way back and on the mission and all that. And I think you you can't help but think, okay, well, like we just said earlier, and you know, the first half of the podcast. It's the perfect place to do kind of a dress rehearsal yeah. for Mars is the moon. Right. So, and I think there's just so many things you can test, and so many things that you can, you know, help prepare yourself better for, you know, to get. It's a. It's not a three day mission there and a three day mission mm -hmm. back like the moon is. It's. Yeah. It's full on. You Multiple know, years. You, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna be gone for a long time, and it's you know they're talking four people. For Orion, I don't know what they're talking for SpaceX, but it's it it's one of those things. It's it's not going to be something you can just say, hey, you know, we're going to go do this in in four years and right. and go to Mars, and it, it it's it's too risky, I think. So I think yeah, it's smart. It's a smart move to go back to the moon, yeah, test some stuff, uh, err on the side of caution, mm -hmm. and and do it right if you're going to go do it. So. But. Yeah, and um, speaking of just men on the moon, one thing we wanted to feature in this particular program and moving forward in episode, uh, you know, four and beyond all of our future episodes, in addition to featuring a planet um, like we did last month with Saturn, we'd also like to just feature an astronaut or someone, uh, I guess, involved in space in general. Um, and so, yes, we talked a lot about Elon Musk, but... Um, we're going to talk about about the the man who last set his 
feet on the moon, uh, that would be Gene Cernan. And um, so all this talk about, you know, moon base alpha kind of brings you back to that, uh, that history about December 11th, 1972, when Apollo 17, yeah. the last <laughs> mission to the moon, actually yeah. touched down. So um, the late, great Gene Cernan is our featured astronaut of the month, and uh, we'll chit-chat a little bit about him at this yeah. time. So a few facts about Gene. He, uh, of course, like we said, was the last man on, a, on the moon, Apollo 17. He was the commander of that mission, uh, but also part of Apollo 10 as the lunar module pilot, and also in, even into the Gemini series, the Gemini 9A as the pilot. Uh, the second man to walk in space, and one of three men to fly to the moon two times. Yep. So uh, a pretty accomplished career in uh, space exploration was Gene Cernan. Yeah. Um, it's one of those one of those guys. Like, um, for me, I, I looked up in in the last few years when I have really you know kind of started to really appreciate you know I'm I'm you know talking the last probably six or seven years I started really really pay paying attention to um, the history that we have in space and all that and that's one of those guys that he is literally I think you know the one um, spokesman poster child for uh, pushing the lunar and future Mars missions uh, mm -hmm. that we have left and until until last January when we lost them um, but he's one of those guys that um, has a true passion. You can hear it in his voice. Anytime he went out and he talked to, to groups of people and to, to kids at little um, astronomy expos and all everything he was doing, traveling throughout the country and throughout the world, mm -hmm. uh, th these are the guys we have left to tell us and to preach and to you know, engrave it in our heads. Hey, we need to go back and we need to keep exploring because that's what makes us better as a society we, we have to spend the money and we have to you know keep pushing forward and exploring and that that was the message from a lot of these Apollo guys especially Gene so that's why you know I think it's important to mention him uh, at least on one of these podcasts and just get a um, you know get a word in for him and and I think appreciate him because th these are the guys that you know truly saw the the earth um, as a whole Mm -hmm. from the moon first and they they really have the i think the strongest message i, I think you know obviously all of our other astronauts we've had in, in nasa on the shuttle program and uh in the space station and all that that they've been you know, absolutely you know necessary in our exploration and it's been unbelievable what we've accomplished but the guys that went to the moon i think those guys have a maybe a little bit different perspective on uh, the exploration side, as far as uh, deep space goes, right. so a new, a different uh, frontier, different, yeah. different frontier, because yeah. they they're the ones that have been to the deep space and have seen, you know, have been able to cover the Earth from their thumb, right, from the distance of the the moon. So, yeah. uh, like Jim Lovell, you know, pointed out. So, um, I think it, it's just one of those. He's one of those guys that was, you know. Um, one of the most passionate guys about it I've ever seen, and it's you know it's a sad thing that he's not around, but that's why we're here to keep the message going. So. Yep, yeah, I think he's a he's a great um, first feature for us for this 
astronaut feature, uh, just given what we were talking about with um, some of this transition from, you know, I guess uh, potential men back, men and women back on the moon soon, um, just kind of going back to the last person that really did set foot on the moon himself. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting Gene Cernan when I was 11, back in 2001, at Space Camp. Um, I've mentioned on this podcast before that I got the, got the chance to go down to Space Camp in Hunt, Huntsville, Alabama. And um, at the time, uh, he, he has a book out. It's called The Last Man on the Moon. Yep. It's a, like, I own it. I know you own it. Yep. it yeah, it's a great book. Uh, if you... Yep, there it is. It's up there. If you haven't uh, read it, definitely go out and buy it. It's uh, it really is a good a good uh, kind of history of of that mission and um, some of the things that Gene went through and just his thoughts on kind of where we were at the time and all those sorts of things. It's a really nice book. So uh, he was kind of there, um, kind of in connection with the release of that book. Yeah. Being eleven, though, I was. A complete idiot and did not think to have him sign the book I had him sign like a napkin or something like a dumbass but whatever uh it, it was still cool um he was a very pleasant person at least you got to see him though I mean, yeah yeah that, exactly that's one of those things like that like you think back how many years ago was that that was uh well 2001 so it, yeah it was a while ago like his <laughs> post apollo career his post astronaut career, he was basically going around preaching to young kids like yeah. you and I. You know, yeah, and we're you know in our late twenties now, but it's it's one of those things like you know, and to most of you, I mean, hopefully we have some, you know, I'm ho- hopeful we have a, a wide variety of people listening, but mm. we're not that old. We're, we're you know we're only late twenties, so I'm mm. sure everyone's laughing their ass off right now at me talking about this, but. We're, you know, we're, it's one of those things, like, he's been around and preaching to the young communities and, I mean, even, you know, people our age, and, and, and obviously he's inspired a lot of people, and it's just one of those things, he, he's just a special guy, and he, he definitely had, um, he, he was, you have to be, it's like he had the right stuff. Yeah, and that's it's just one of those things that you have to be totally dedicated, and you have to be totally obsessed with the mission of space exploration, and and really, I guess, drop everything to do that for yeah. the for the good of the country, and yeah. and to do that after the fact, and to to do that, and and he put that honestly, you had to put it before your family, you had to do right. all that before your family, your family had to come second. And that's what, everything that I've heard and, and, and read, that's just what had to happen during the Apollo era and all that, so, yeah, that he, stuff. So. He talks a lot about that in that, um, what's that documentary that was? Uh, it's Last, Last Man on the Moon. Yeah, right? la- okay, yeah. so same yeah. title as the yeah. book. Uh, great documentary. He, and he does talk a lot about that, about how much yeah. of a sacrifice it was to be a part of something like that, but it, it's something that his family could get behind. And uh, he knew he was doing his country uh, proud and also just the human race proud um, yeah. being someone so uh, so well established within that o- Apollo and Gemini um, mission um, really just exploring the next frontier so yeah. so yeah a great a great person for the first feature 
uh, like I said, I I wish I was a little bit older when I got to meet him. Yeah. Because I think I would have appreciated it more. It's not like I didn't. I, I still knew who he was. He was he was a featured speaker at a like a little talk that we had as yeah. part of our week there in Huntsville. And there was also another. There was a gentleman there. Uh, I don't recall his name, but he was someone who had worked on the lunar lander, the lunar module. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were both just really, really insightful and had a lot to share, uh, a lot of inspirational yeah. talk and yeah. uh, a really neat experience. So I, I definitely, uh, I, I, I recall purchasing the book from his little table he was at, not thinking to have him sign it, but still, whatever, have the book. It's a great read, so go uh, go pick yeah. that up and read it. Yeah. Watch the documentaries. He's a he's a really a really inspirational and person. One, yeah, one thing, one thing that's <clears throat> special about him is all the um, all the cynics and the skeptics that you know say we didn't actually go to the moon. Like that, one of the best things that he's ever come out and said on the documentaries and in his book is just you know nobody can ever take those steps I made on the moon away from me. Yeah, that's like that's and he says it with a you know. Looks directly in the camera, looks yeah. directly in your eye, and just says that, and, and, it. and it's just, and he's tearing up when he says it, and that's one of those guys that I'm just like, you know, cheers, like, it, it, you know, yeah. I, at that point, it's just, that's all, that's all emotion, and that's just the the human heart coming out and saying, hey, no one can take that away from me, you yeah. know, yeah, that's, and so, that's one of those guys. He's he's one of the the. Honestly, the few guys you can actually listen to when he talks about going to the moon, a lot of the guys are pretty reserved, you know, and, uh, you know, I think it's just the nature of the beast, the backgrounds they had and yeah, uh, that kind of thing. But, you know, he really gets the emotion across as far as the, the last man on the moon goes. Definitely. So, yep. Definitely. So, yeah, great feature for our uh, first astronaut. And, and that's a, a good transition into um, our continuing feature of, uh, of, a, yep. of a planet, a, a featured planet. Yep. So, so last month uh, we featured Saturn, with the reason being uh, that Cassini was ending its mission. Yep. Kind of crashed back into the planet, which was a pretty epic way to end uh, over a 20-year mission, um, orbiting the magnificent planet of Saturn. But this week we decided to feature Venus, um, we'll continue to feature planets within our solar system, and then uh, as we, you know, continue to grow our podcast, and why not go outside the solar system too? Yeah. But uh, some some facts about Venus here. Um, so it is the second brightest object in the sky for the astronomers listening. Uh, yeah. You probably already know that, but uh, for for maybe some of the youngsters getting into astronomy, one of those planets that you can see pretty regularly. Yep. Um. In what? fact, yeah, go not, ahead. To in, not to interrupt, no, but go ahead. one of the only planets you could see during the summer's mm -hmm. total solar eclipse, off to the right, uh, 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 from our vantage point, they're off to the right-hand yep. side. So, yeah, yeah, Venus was, yeah. That, that was cool. Yeah. When, when the solar eclipse fully uh, came to its maximum and Venus was like, it was bright. It was, yeah. it was really neat. Yeah, uh, I think what was Jupiter was also visible. I think so. Yeah, yeah. but not not as bright. Venus was the only one that was really standing out. You but, could yeah. see it like a star almost. Yeah. 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 Um, other s interesting facts about Venus: one day on Venus is longer than one year on Earth, which is just blows your mind. It's crazy. You figure yeah. it's it's it makes sense from a physics standpoint. It's that yeah. much closer to the sun, right? Yeah. So it's orbiting 
you know, it just, it, it makes sense, but then you kind of think about it and you're like, that is ridiculous. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's like most things in our galaxy and our solar system. It's a, it's a little bit, a little bit hard to uh, comprehend, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you're spending a day on Venus, it's it's a long day. Hopefully, it's a long day. <laughs> hopefully it's a good one. Break out the sunscreen. So <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's going to be pretty hot, um, but yeah, one day on Venus, longer than a day on Earth. Crazy. Venus also rotates opposite to that of all other planets in our solar system, with the exception of Uranus. So kind of an interesting fact. That is, yeah. Scientists are still yeah. a little bit boggled as to why that occurs. Yeah. Um, so, so um, you know, one of those things that, uh, you know, they've sent satellites, they've done flyby satellites. Um, back in uh, December 14th of 1962, NASA's Mariner 2 spacecraft uh, had a successful flyby of Venus, captured some information about the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but that followed. That was followed by a couple failed attempts by both the Soviet Union and the USA for flybys. Um, however, the first successful landing of a satellite was the Soviet Union's Venera 4 lander, touched down on the surface of Venus on uh, the 18th of October, 1967. Wow. That's crazy. Like, 1967. That's, that is crazy. That's, just to think that something yeah. went down into Venus, and it, it, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. I mean, it, I mean, it it might have been a, uh, a rough landing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's a soft landing, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, it landed, so. Yeah, it yeah. did. Yep, so mm-hmm. um, some other uh, interesting facts for astronomy's sake for the planet Venus. Um, it is a planet that, on occasion, will actually transit the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and is visible from Earth. So the last transit was on June 5th and 6th of 2012. So if you're into astronomy, you probably recall uh, going out and seeing that. I remember seeing, I didn't see it in person, but I remember seeing all the news about it. Did you mm-hmm. see it in person? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's one of those things that's, uh, you know, people saw the, the transit of the ISS across the sun during this total solar eclipse, but to see a planet transiting the sun, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and my... Uh, you know, Ray, the race chaser dad who was featured in the last uh, episode we had, he, he was out there. He had his full-on solar filter on on, on the uh, telescope and all that, and we were mm-hmm. we were taking a peek at that. But, yeah, that was that was something else. That was yeah, crazy. that was what, probably a couple of years before I knew, knew yeah. any of y'all. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I do remember seeing it in the news uh, yeah. as, a, as a big celestial event. Yeah, um, and it it really is because if you look at it, it is extremely rare. The next Very, yeah. the next Venus transit of the sun is December tenth and eleventh of twenty one seventeen. So, uh, don't put the coffee on because we'll be waiting a while. Yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. and the yeah. next one after that is December eighth, twenty one twenty five. So if you're lucky enough to be uh, alive in twenty one seventeen, you'll probably see the second one in twenty one twenty five. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, most of us listening probably won't be around. Um, just kind of uh, exemplifies how rare of an occurrence it really is. Yeah. So back in 2012, I wish I would have seen it. I uh, I guess I, I didn't. I had been to space camp, you know, almost 10 years prior to that. I have I've always had passion about space, but it wasn't it wasn't quite the same as as uh, the build up towards this total total solar eclipse this last summer uh, back in 2012. Yeah. So. Um, unfortunately did not get to see that, but, um, but yeah, that, so those are some of the interesting facts about Venus. Um, 
And so with that said, um, we've got another well, planet and another astronaut on deck for next month. And um, we'll have some more news for you, some more stories for you. And um, we'll probably feature another interviewee next yeah, time. Probably. And just to go back to Venus, though, I mean, the one thing that comes to mind before we close out here, the one thing that comes to mind is that if you're that close to the sun, how hot is it? Oh, man. How hot is it average on Venus? I got to look We're looking that up. at 864 degrees Fahrenheit. Holy crap. Average temperature on Venus. So, but that's just the, those are the types of things that come to my mind when I'm like thinking about distance from the sun and just, I, I think about what is it, you know, what can people relate to on Earth? Think about that. 864 degrees Fahrenheit. Average temperature on Venus. Yeah, it's like four, almost four times hotter than yeah. boiling water. It's yeah, great. but just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. I mean, it, well, <laughs> I mean, it ties back into no, it does, it does. It's it's like it's one day on Venus is one year yeah. on Earth. It's that's how close it is to the sun. I mean, yeah. it's it's our you know neighboring planet, but it's yeah on, it's, on one end, but it's, it's it's pretty close to the sun. It's it's damn close. Yeah, um, but yeah, I had little uh, interesting fact. Don't, uh, yeah, don't forget your umbrella there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Bring the sunscreen, but, yeah. SPF, uh, really high. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, next next month we'll feature another planet, yeah. um, TBD on the yeah, planet. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll, we'll get something. We'll get something good. Feature another astronaut, probably somebody from Apollo. And honestly, um, if, if you want to go ahead and tweet to us, uh, direct message us, whatever yeah. you want to do. Tell us if there's a planet you want to hear about, send it to us, and we'll, we can feature that as our next month's planet. If there's a topic, if there's an astronaut you want to hear about, if there's anything you want to hear about, we'll, we'll do research and actually help us a lot. Yeah. If we had something we could go ahead and, you know, the, the, the crowd, the fans, the, 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 you know, the, the fan base that we had, yes. you know, if we had somebody, or a group of people who said, hey, we want to hear about this planet or this planet or this, you know, galaxy or whatever it is, um, mm -hmm. you know, that would be good. So go ahead and message us uh, on our Twitter. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, Twitter, our Twitter handle is at Eclipse on Tap. And uh, likewise for our Instagram, at Eclipse on Tap. So those two are linked. So we post a lot of cool pictures yeah. and photos, or sorry, um, videos. And uh, just come upcoming news about when things will release as far as episodes go. Maybe a little sneak peek at an interviewee for next time. Um, and uh, all that stuff will be available on Twitter and Instagram. So follow us there. Retweet us. Like it. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Send us a direct message on what you want if you, uh, if you don't want to reply uh, publicly. And um, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So yep. you can also email us, too, at uh, EclipseOnTap at gmail.com. So we have a couple different avenues there for you, you to uh, connect with us. And um, with that said, uh, we've uh, enjoyed having people listen to our first two episodes, and we hope to continue to grow and um, continue to inspire people about eclipses, but also space in general. So yeah. uh, we'll see you next time for episode number four. Cheers. Cheers. Mm -hmm.